Hey, welcome to Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. I'm super excited about today's episode because I have a very special guest with me today. He is a husband, a father, and an exceptional singer, songwriter, and musician. He's a worship leader, a worship pastor, but most importantly to me, He's a good friend of mine. I'm super excited to have Draylon Young with me today on Fathering Our Future. Well, Draylon, thanks so much for being with me, buddy. Man, I am so honored to be on Fathering Our Future. This is really cool. Well, Glad thank you. This. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. You're a big shot now. It's hard. It's hard to get you, but you know, before we get into your story, I do have to say something. I want you to make sure that you actually share this portion with your wife because it's going to get you some brownie <laughs> points for everyone listening out there. Draylon and I had previously arranged to record this episode a few hours earlier today, and he called me about a half hour before we were supposed to start, and he said, hey, buddy, I am getting home late, and I need to give more time to my wife. And I was just like, <laughs> respect, man. That is so good, keeping your priorities in your proper place. You make sure your wife hears that, yes. and just for the sake of everyone, uh, Draylon did not pay me to, to say yet. that. I, uh, <laughs> he has not bribed me. He can make a donation at fatheringourfuture.com if he wants to, but I'm not going to pressure him to do that. I'm not going to tell him that you go to fatheringourfuture.com you make a donation. That's, <laughs> but all joking aside, I do have to say, that I am super proud of you because we went to high school together for a yeah. little bit. We went to church together. I know who you used to be and who you once were, and I see who you are now and where you're at in life now. And it's a, been a magnificent transformation. I'm really looking forward to the next chapters of your life. But like I said, you're big time now. Everyone knows who Draylon Young is, but for the few people listening who might not know, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? <laughs> well, let me first say uh, I, you're not missing much. Number one, if you don't if you don't know who I am, but uh, like Anthony said, uh, we had the privilege of going to high school together. Uh, Anthony's a little bit older than I am, so I think he was a, I think you were a senior when I came in as a freshman. So um, I think so. so. Or actually, no, I I came in as a sophomore, and you were you were a senior. So you illegally played basketball with us your freshman year. <laughs> I did. Me and George, dude. We're out we, we were great until we got to the finals. And they were like, hey, these two, these two guys can actually play in the team. Then we were, we were screwed at that point. Yeah, but then we got yeah, kicked it was off. Fun. So, but uh, yeah. my name is Draylon Young. Um, I am a husband to Kelsey. I am a father to Elisha and Everly. And we all are worship pastors here in Sterling Heights, Michigan. Um, it's a suburb, probably about 45 minutes north of Detroit. And we've been here for about eight years. And uh, which before that, I was I attended Indiana Bible College where I met my wife. And before that, I grew up in Dallas, Texas. Uh, and me and Anthony know each other very well. We went to the same church, North Cities. Uh, UPC Church, and uh, as Pastor D.G. Hargrove, credible man of God, and, uh, you know, we were in the youth group together, we went to the Christian school together, played basketball together, went on camps, and uh, it's really cool to see, you know, you as a dad and you, you as a husband, and uh, man, it's just really cool to see uh, just great men of God, uh, you know, like you said, you get to see the, get to see the whole story. And uh, just from what yeah. what we've been able to be a part of each other's life, I will quit. I will credit this something to Anthony Vandegrift that he probably will only say to certain people. But let me say it okay. like on your show. <laughs> I 
a lot of my musical palette to Anthony Vandegrift's playlist, okay? If anybody, <laughs> if anybody knows, like, if you are from North City's Christian Academy School, like, I thank God every day for Anthony Vandegrift <laughs> and George Chuma because those guys, like, wrote the playlists of the school, number one, number two, the church, the youth group, and, like, all these people. It's so funny. Like, I tell people all the time, I'm like, you guys don't know who Mark Broussard is? Like, and I just, like, <laughs> I love having – I love having that step on people like, oh, you've never – oh, let me show you this. You get to do <laughs> yeah. what I used to do to people. And it's like – Oh, you don't know David yeah, Ryan Harris? Yeah. <laughs> you know David Ryan you – don't, you don't know who Gav DeGraw Like, oh, my goodness. Like, come on. Yeah. So uh, – yeah. And, you know, a lot of – you know, and, I don't, and we're not talking about this, but – and it's going to be a kind of a long episode, bro, unless you just want to cut it off because, like, bro, we – First thing, of all, man. we haven't, like, talked in a long time. And uh, so we're like catching up and doing a podcast right now. But, um, but man, seriously, like I think of all that music that I, you know, have, have, have listened to, you know, songs that, you know, back then, like we didn't have like Spotify, like where it just generates you playlists and stuff. Like you had to like hear about somebody's record and like, you know, oh, let me borrow the CD and like download it on my computer and then put it on my iPod <laughs> and then let me listen to it on this two hour trip to, to church. Like, you know, like that's what it was. It's just not that way now. But man, it was like I a lot of the musical palette that I pull from now, you know, my taste like yeah. type of stuff comes from that eclectic, you know, group of music, you know, so. Uh, Anthony Vandegrift is if he if we had like church DJs like he'd be the goat. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that that I contributed so much to your musical you inspiration and ability because I don't get a royalty from any you of your stuff, which you is kind of funny. And I'm really <laughs> so glad that you don't because you would get you would get a lot of a lot of a lot of single dollars, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but it is really funny that you that you say that because. The, the more that I have listened to you, the more I have heard artists like David Ryan Harris. <laughs> like I can I can tell like you're taking some yes. of the like tonality and some of the movements. And I'm like, you put that in a song about Jesus. I see what you yeah, did. I did. Like, yes. like I, I, ca I catch it. I, I won't tell anybody. They have to listen to the podcast to figure that yes. out. But um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And I mean, we haven't talked in a long time. You're, you're true. You're right on that. Uh, that's part of the reason why every time you come to North Cities, uh, I decline so that you have to have David McGree on the keys <laughs> and you don't get to have me. <laughs> Man. Just trying to stick it we, to you right need, there. We need you, bro. We need you. I know. I know. Just talk to me more and I'll be there for you. All okay? right, it's, cool. That's all you got to do. I'll that's all you got to do. I'll, but... I'll be in Houston this week. You going to come? Okay. Uh, so, well, <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not going to be there, but uh, I'll be there in spirit. Yeah. But, um, uh, but like you said, man, geez, you got two kids now, which is hard, just hard to yeah. comprehend or wrap my head around. Uh, you've been married. How long have you and Kelsey been married now? We got married February 20th, 2016. So seven, nice. seven years. Yep. yep. About seven years. Yep. We just celebrated seven years and we'll be at eight. Yeah, that's awesome. Time, so congratulations yes. on that. It's big accomplishment. And, you know, you left out some of the cool details that I'll tell, uh, you know, you're, 
like you said, you're you know full time worship leader, worship pastor. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, you are songwriter, singer, you're a musician. Uh, you tour all the time. You're always traveling. You're doing a lot. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually commendable that you're able to do so much. And like I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, you're still willing to kind of put your foot down when you need to, in a sense, and say, my wife needs some more time for me. Like, yeah. I, I got to keep my priorities in the right place. That's, that that in and of itself is a great lesson that any any husband listening to this episode yeah. can take. Like, it's okay from time to time to say no. It's okay from time to time to cancel your previous arrangements if it's for the benefit of your family. Yeah. So, and, yeah, again, I'm going to And I'll say that, you know, I am not the best at it. It is something that I'm really working on. Um, I think, you know, and one of the one of the times, you know, man, it, it, you, sometimes you learn stuff, you know, you either learn. I, I heard this from some really great man of God said you either you either learn from mistakes or mentors. And and it's mm-hmm. like a great way of saying, like, either you're going to have to go through this, go through something traumatic for you to learn these ex- you know, these, these lessons, or you can ask great men of God or, you know, people that have gone before you and learn from their mistakes. Um, and, but there are some things I think that the Lord wants you to learn, you know, in terms of, uh, from, from experience. And, you know, for me, uh, you know, like you said, I, I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, you know, something that people forget about me is like my, obviously my first calling is to be a husband and a father and obviously a Christian, you know, but, um, then, you know, in terms of like the order of what I do, you know, is uh, we're worship pastors, you know, at this church. And um, that's our heart that, you know, our heart is, is, you know, local church, you know, you know, investing in uh, our local church, our local assembly, our students, our, you know, elderly, everybody, you know, married couples, young married couples. Um, that's just what I know that God has called us to do. Uh, but it's just not the the extent of what he's called us to do, obviously, with you know songwriting and leading worship and uh, empowering other churches and other worship leaders, uh, something that the Lord has graced us to be able to do. And he has given us the capacity to be able to do those things. But we have to be better stewards of our time and stewards of our body, uh, energy, uh, money, uh, all of those things. And I will be the first to say that I don't get it right every time. But I had an experience where, you know, so we travel a lot. Like I told you earlier, I have basically three full-time jobs. Number one, I'm a worship pastor for church. Number two, you know, I am a, you know, an artist, like a worship artist. Like we travel and do all those things. Um, but also, you know, we, we, we travel. I, I travel almost like a musical evangelist, you know. So it's kind of like you go to churches and help their teams. You know, you go to churches and uh, you know, do worship nights and stuff like that. And then you have the artist side, you know, I put in quotations, you know, uh, is, you know, the touring and the, you know, the recording and the, um, you know, uh, you know, producing records and stuff like that, you know, like that's, it takes a lot of your time. And on top of all those things, I'm a father and I'm a husband. And, you know, just like all those little pockets of timing where you're, where I'm on the phone with a pastor, I'm on the phone with somebody or like, man, I'm on the phone a lot. And I remember just doing all this stuff. And 
I remember we were in we were in Louisiana and I was with my wife. We we're in the car and we were getting out of a restaurant or we're going into a restaurant to meet with the pastor and his wife. And, you know, we're there for an event, you know, and um, luckily my family is able to travel with me quite a bit. That's something that I really push uh, whenever I go places, almost to the point to where, you know, if somebody's asking me to come somewhere and, and my wife can't come, then I'll just say I can't go. Um, you know, because, because that's it's good. like, it's a very important thing to me. Um, I, my kids, like I, I, you know, I, I want my son to come with me. You know, I want him to be there with us. Like, you know, us just being together. He's traveling. It's funny. Like we, I think we've paid for like more vacation stuff with his points from traveling with us, you know, than like <laughs> so many other things, you know, cause he's, he, well, man, he's going to come with us, you know, it's, it's very important, you know? Yeah. Uh, but I remember us being out in the car and we we're walking into this place and before, you know, she was kind of really feeling sad that, you know, we hadn't had that real closeness in a while because it just, you just get so busy and, and I just think the world of my wife, I'm like, man, she's awesome. Like she can do this, she can do that. You know, in terms of like the, the ministry side of what we do, she's such a big help. She does so many things that people have no idea. She writes half of these half of these songs that people give me credit for. And she makes all social media posts and all this stuff. And, you know, I remember her looking at me with tears in her eyes saying, you know, Dave, I, I do a lot for you. The only thing that I really want to make sure that we do is we have family day, you know? And I, I mean, I was just, I was stunned. I mean, I was like, well, we're doing this together, you know, like we're spending time, like, you know, and, and I, I just realized that my wife had asked me to take serious, to cherishly guard our time together on Friday, you know, like, with tears in her eyes, you know, because she grew up with a mom and a dad, you know, that they did things together. You know, they played games. They went to the to Starbucks and played card games and spent time and had family vacations. And and me, I just didn't grow up with that. You know, it was, you know, my my situation, you know, it's not an excuse, but, you know, my mother was a drug addict and, um, you know, we didn't do a lot of things together. We were in and out, living different places, homeless at times. And then finally I moved in with my grandfather and my uncle. And it's just, they're all very menly men, you know, like, you know, like we don't talk about our feelings. Like we don't, you know what I'm saying? We don't do none of the stuff that mom is accredited mm -hmm. for. And, you know, it, it does, it does show me, you know, it, it, it was hard for me to see how a man is supposed to love a woman because, we didn't have that at our home, you know, like we, you know, so it's just so easy for me to just go, 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 you know, and, you know, for me yeah. to do this and that, all right, babe, we're going this, pack your stuff, you know, we're flying to such and such. And, you know, and, and I, 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 that's a staple in my mind that happened last year. And, and at that time we had traveled to almost every state, you know, in the U S and it took me that long of traveling two and a half, three and a half years for my wife to say like, listen, like, I really need that time with you. You know, we need that time together. And now family Friday, Friday family day is like my favorite day. You know, like, it's like, you yeah. know, I, I, I babe, whatever we, whatever you want to do, we've gone. And it's so cool because we actually had this whole month um, to like, we traveled one time this last month, uh, month of March. We did one, one thing in Dallas. We did NTYC 
And uh, I just did that by myself. She stayed here. It was just kind of a quick turnaround trip for like a couple of days. And then uh, I came back home. But usually my schedule is like I'm, I'm somewhere every week almost. And uh, but I was able to be home for like three whole weeks, like no travel. And now it's getting ready to pick back up starting again this week. And then we're going to London next week and, and like that sort of stuff. But uh, it was just so nice, bro, to just to just hang out, like stay at home and wake up in your own bed and, you know, be with your kids and, you know, see yeah. those milestones. Like, man, it's like you only get so many, so many moments, you know, and it's like, man, watching my, watching oh, my right. son grow up, watching my baby girl grow up. It's just like, you know, so I, it, it again, I say, you know, I'm not the, I'm not the, the expert, but I'm, I am still learning. And while I'm learning, I'm like, man, some stuff it's just not worth it it's not worth it to lose you know yeah oh i'm glad you shared that i mean you're definitely not alone in the whole you're not the expert type thing i start every podcast episode that i'm not the perfect dad but every day i'm i'm just trying to be better like i'm just i'm looking to improve i know i'm not perfect i know i'll never attain that status because honestly i don't think it exists like none of us will ever be the perfect dad and it's kind of that way in life. Like we'll we'll never reach a pinnacle. There's always room for growth. But I, I think it's really commendable. One, that you had a relationship either where it was already comfortable enough for her to express yeah. that or she was just courageous enough to express yeah. it. But then that you heard it like that's that's a big thing, because a lot of times men, when we're doing what we want to be doing, I mean, this you're doing what you love yeah. to do, right? Like you're, you're musically talented and, you, and you, your voice is mediocre at best, but other people <laughs> yes. like it. And, Noted. But like, so you sing and you're music, <laughs> you sing and you're in your musician and you get to travel and you get to write songs and people want you featured on their songs. I mean, you're, you're doing a lot and you're doing what you're passionate about for her to join you and for her to express yeah. that. And then for you to, with what you hold dear with your dreams and your aspirations to say family's more important Absolutely. and she's right. And and then to just change your priorities and set things like that, it's, that's commendable. And that's something that we all need to work on. I, I, I love the part where you talked about how, you know, if the family can't be with you, that it's, it's almost a make it or break yeah. it deal. Um, you, you, you make very few exceptions. Yes if your family can't be with you. And I I think that's great. And you talked about your upbringing a little bit, and I think it's remarkable and maybe we can go into it a little bit more, but like, okay, so you you shared that your mom was a drug addict, that you were in and out moving all the time, homeless at other times. You finally moved in with your uncle and your grandfather. What about your dad? Did you ever know your dad? Was he ever around? Yeah. uh, I think me and my mom, we left my, my dad. I mean, they, they weren't married. And again, this was all before we were a part of church or anything. Um, sure. And, you know, that, that portion of my life was kind of a blur. Like, you know, just there's so many things that happened that I had no idea was going on. I didn't know my mom was on drugs until I was probably like 10 years old, until I moved in with my grandfather gotcha. and my uncle. And my uncle straight up told me, he was like, he was like, Jeremy, you need to know this. Like your mom, your mom's a drug like she deals with this um and when he gotcha. said that it really it made me just think like oh that's what that that's why that happened or that's why you know moments i come home that you know i wake up like i remember this one time i i came home and i was probably like six or seven years old 
And I, I went to private schools, private Christian schools when I was younger a lot, you know, like a, a big majority of my life uh, in Plano, Texas. You know, that's, that's where we lived. We lived there for a long time. And, um, you know, I remember I came home, she was home, you know, and we were just, you know, chilling and, you know, I was watching cartoons or whatever and I fell asleep. And, you know, if you fall asleep at like seven o'clock, you're going to be, you're going to be up at like four, you know, four or five a.m. And I woke up at like four or something like that. And man, the whole house was pitch black. Like, you know, every light was off, everything. Like, I didn't know what was going like. And I woke up looking for my mom, you know, I'm thinking she probably fell asleep on the couch or something. And like the whole house was empty. And I was so scared, man. Like, I was just like, I don't like. Wow. And I and I remember probably I would say a few months before that, she always had my uncle. My uncle's always been a strong part of my life. Like he's always been he's always been there. He bought my first guitar when I was five, and mm-hmm. and like he didn't we didn't have any music background in our family. Nothing like you know he was like the eclectic music dude. Like he listened to different type of music, and he always you know took care of me. Really kind of been my father for a long time. And, uh, she, she had me, I remember three months before that night happened, she had me like, like she had me learning and memorizing phone numbers, you know, and it was, his phone number was one of those numbers that I meant that I remember, uh, I think it was nine, seven, two, two, six, seven, seven, three, eight, five. Like I still, I still remember the number. And I, I, I remembered that and I called his number and called him over and over and over again. And he answered the phone and he said, hello, what's, you know, what's going on? I said, Hey, I'm, I'm at the house. I don't know where mom, he said, you don't know where she's at. I said, no, I don't know where she's at. He said, okay. And he, and it's like, he just knew what was going on, showed up, picked me up and I stayed with him for a couple of days. And, you know, mm-hmm. and like when you're a kid, you just like, don't know about that. And you just keep going on in your life. Like you just kind of, like, okay, you know, yeah, but I, like that's how bad it was, you know. But we left my father when I was probably like three years old, and gotcha. uh, never, never heard anything from him all the way up until I was probably out of college. And when I wow. got out of college, I went to IBC. Uh, I reconnected with my half sister. Um, that my that that my dad my dad was in a relationship before my biological father was in a relationship before and he had a daughter and i remember being the ring bearer in her wedding when i was like four you know um mm. so she's like married has kids and stuff and uh we reconnected after like i had been you know she had been seeing me sing and do music and stuff and she had reached out like hey you know i'm your sister i don't know i was like yeah i remember blah blah, blah. we would talk I invited her to come to church a couple of times. She came, brought her family. And, um, and so she was still connected to him. So she was like, Hey, you know, why don't you swing by your, I was in town one time. She said, why don't you swing by? I know dad would love to see you, blah, blah, blah. So I went by and, you know, saw him, shook his hand, you know, kind of connected again a little bit. I'm probably 20, probably like 21 at this, at this point. And, uh, and I hadn't seen him since I was three, you know? And so there was no bad blood. I wasn't, wow. you know, I wasn't like mad at him. I wasn't, you know, upset with him because, you know, I, again, man, God just had this way of just like protecting, protecting me, like my whole life, like my sure. mind, 
my emotional, uh, you know, a lot of people look back at those times and they're like super scarred, you know, um, and they're just like so upset and so mad that such and such did this. And I honestly, man, God just protected my mind away from that to where I just, yeah. I never was like upset at him. I, I don't hold any, gr- I never held any grudge or, you know, even against my mom, you know, I, I, I didn't, yeah. it was just, it was just, God just had this grace on me that, um, that I just couldn't explain. And, and, but at the same time, that grace is there, but you still have to deal with the lack of, you know, the lack of, of the person being there or the lack of uh, compassion or knowledge sure. about the situation of how to be a parent, you know, uh, I'm, and, right. and, you know, so in that situation, I see myself learning as I go. And I'm just so thankful, man, for my wife, bro. I'm so thankful. It, and yeah. I'll pause to say this, you know, you were talking about earlier, it's like, man, it's so cool that you, you know, that your wife said something that she felt comfortable and that you heard her. But it's like, you know, she felt comfortable because, you know, we have an open relationship of open, open line of communication where we talk about everything. Right. And I love my wife, bro. Like, she is my favorite. She, I'm not just saying that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not just saying that for like, yeah. like, do say that for like brownie points, like whatever. Like, I'm saying that like, because bro, like she's been, she's been the most, and I've said this, you know, multiple times to people, she's been the most consistent woman I've ever had in my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you think mm-hmm. about that, like, you know, usually yeah. the guy has a really close relationship with with his mother, which is good. Like you, you know, you want that, you know, like, like I want, like my son is going to have that with his mom, you know, like having those, those, those conversations about girls and about, you know, your emotions and, and then dad comes in to help out and show you how to steward your mind and your, you know what I mean? Like, like, which is great, yeah. but like, man, like she has been my rock you know what i'm saying she has been that yeah. to me and and like i'm just gonna pause to say bro it matters who you marry like it okay. matters who you marry bro like that my uncle would tell me all the time he's like Jalen, the the most important decision that you will ever make in your life is to choose the relationship with jesus christ and how that looks in your life and the very second and very close is who you marry it makes the biggest difference in your life and it's made all the difference in my life and you know it yeah. make that it makes it because of who i married it makes it that much easier to hear what she says it makes it that much easier to want to do be a better husband to be a better father you know uh, yeah so man i'm just so thankful you know i'm glad you mentioned that about the communication part that's one of the big things that i try and push communication. Right. So typically I'm talking about this from the perspective of a father to a child, but it, it, it applies with any relationship. Communication, when it's done right, it's open, it's right. transparent, it's vulnerable. Yeah. You talk about anything and everything, you listen. And the thing about that is you have to be trusting when you communicate, when you're vulnerable and you communicate, because you offer up something that's sensitive right. and they you're, you're being vulnerable. They take that. And when they see that you're trusting that typically gets reciprocated back to you. And so what communication does is it builds trust and trust is the bedrock of relationship. So if you want to establish a relationship, you've got to have communication. And if you want to nurture and grow that relationship, you got to keep on talking to each other. So I I love that. I love that you shared that and how that's such a 
crucial part of your relationship. But thinking about like your upbringing, you didn't really have the dad model to look after. It's great that you had your uncle as such such a strong role, a strong male role model in your life. Because, I mean, statistically, even without having a father, having a strong male role model in your life still sets you up to be pretty successful. Uh, and so I'm I'm grateful that you had that because you know he's a, he's a solid hey, guy. I would be um, lost without him, bro. Like I'm <laughs> serious. Man. Yeah, I would be lost without him. Like he's he's the yeah. guy that brought us into church. God spoke to him. He was the prophet of our family. He is the guy that mm. you know got us like kept us on and and you know man, I love the music. I love because of him. I I I'm I'm serious about the things of God because of him. And, you know, like the cool thing about, you know, not having your biological dad, like what you said, man, is, is, and that's what the church is for. And that's what your family's for is those role models, man. They, they it, it makes yeah. or breaks you and it, and it, and it made all the difference in my life. Seriously. Yeah. Well, and it clearly did too, because I remember us growing up, I mean, it was, I mean, we, we knew for the most part that you lived with your uncle. So we knew like there was some brokenness in the family. And at that young age, we didn't really ask questions. So we were just right. buddies. But it was always, you know, really admirable or admirable of you because you lived about 45 minutes away. But you always took the DART, the public yeah. transportation that we have here in Dallas. And I mean, this took you it like doubled the time at least yeah. you're at least looking at like an hour and a half commute to get from where you were to make it to school yeah. in the morning, to make it to church on time. I mean, so clearly the, the passion that he had and the principles that he instilled, they soaked into you because you had commitment that probably no one else <laughs> in, our, in our age group had. I mean, I, I live, I lived across the street from the church for the longest time. And it's just like, dude, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to go, but like you were going to be there and you were taking a bus. So it was just like, if Draylon's going to be yeah. there, it's like, I, I've got zero excuse, right? It's like, come on. Well, so I will say, but like clearly that I will say that a big part of that was, yes, he instilled a lot of, you know, consistency. Like, man, this is very important. And it wasn't so much that he was making me go. As much as, you know, as much as I wanted to, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get that affirmation from him as a father, you know, figure in my life. And I knew that he valued the things of God so much that I knew that I could get affirmation from him as well as God and it was a, it was an influence thing, you know, like it was just like, you know, I knew that, but, but at the same time, it was like, it was just such a safe place for me to be able to grow and, you know, um, you know, truly embrace that, you know? So, but a lot of it was, had to go, went with the fact that, you know, I didn't have any brothers or sisters, you know? And I just, I just longed for community with, with my friends, with the McGree brothers and with George and, you know what I'm saying? Yep. With you guys, with Brock, like everybody that was there, it was just, I mean, that was, because when I went home, it was a 45 minute drive, hour and a half, you know, uh, train and, and bus ride home to just me and my grandpa and my uncle. And that's great, but it's just not fun. You know what I mean? Sure. You know, so, yeah. uh, but no, man, there was a huge, that was a huge thing in my life for sure. So. 
Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that you had him, and I'm glad that you got involved in church and that you stuck with it because, I mean, it's gotten you to where you are today. Clearly, um, let's let's switch here. Let me ask you this: At what point? I, mean, I know you started singing with us and stuff when we were way back in the youth band on that fun stuff. But at what point in your life did you did you decide like that's what you wanted to do? Like the singer songwriter. When, when was it when you were like, this is what I want to pursue in life? Well, I'll have to say that I that light went off to me when I was when I was probably about fourteen, about thirteen, fourteen age. Um, I was uh, obviously entering into church for the first time, and uh, you know, being in that weird space where you know you're changing you know, you're being discipled, you know, like, I, like I'm, I, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to the youth group, but I'm still hanging out with my friends in Lancaster and I'm still watching stuff. I'm still listening to different types of music that I probably shouldn't be listening to and watching stuff I shouldn't be watching. But, you know, now, and, and like, Hey, I'm being thrown this opportunity of leading worship, you know? Um, so my uncle comes home and he gives me like five CDs, you know, and at the time we were listening, listening to see that like a CD player with speakers and stuff. And, and, uh, he brings me five CDs. He brings a Preston Wood Choir CD. These are CDs that, you know, he, he's a hairdresser and a barber. So like his clients would bring him stuff. So he brought me these Christian CDs. They knew that he was a Christian. So they brought him CDs. First CD was Preston Wood Choir, which is a choir of a church in Dallas, huge church in Dallas. Uh, it was a Kurt Franklin hero album. Uh, it was Jay Moss's, the Jay Moss Project album and some other CD. And then there was this other CD that was like kind of like a hologram, almost a two disc CD. And and it said Israel and New Breed live from another level. And and I had I, I, I turned the CD over to see the, you know, see the back and see the list of the songs. I was like, oh, wow. Like, you know, they, they that they, they're singing Friend of God. You know, like that was like. I was like, oh, okay, like we sing that song at church, you know, like we've seen it all the time. And I was like, okay, you know, I turned it on. And I immediately noticed that they didn't sing the song the way that we sing it at our church. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, like that's like a huge difference, <laughs> you know? Wow, that's actually a good yeah, song. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wow, like I didn't, like, wow, you know? And, so then, yeah. you know, I heard you. that and I was like, man, and I started, you know, listen to a little bit here and there with a couple videos. And Vince Stiegel, who's your cousin, who's who was a big mentor in my life yeah. and that would just disciple me and spend a lot of time giving me books and, uh, you know, just a very strong leader in my life as well. Um, he loved Israel Houghton. Like he was like, man, this dude is like the greatest worship leader of all time. Like. You need to like, and he literally, I remember him telling me, bro, you need to listen to everything that he's ever done. And I started listening, bro. And, you know, when you got an hour and a half, two hour commute, bro, like you can get yeah. through two albums, like pretty easy, you know? And, uh, man, I just got indulged, bro. Like I was so moved by the music. I was so moved by the even you know the the worship experiences that were happening and then i would go home and watch him on youtube you know and man i saw mm -hmm. i saw that video of him you know with newbury with his team you know and they're somewhere and there's thousands of people singing the song that he wrote he's holding the guitar and man something just 
something just happened, bro. I was just like, man, like, that's the coolest thing ever. And, you know, my uncle had bought me my first guitar and, you know, I, yeah, so long ago. And then, uh, you know, my, my uncle would, you know, he would work on our, on our house, like all the time, you know, like it was, they bought a fixer upper house and like pretty much my whole upbringing, like he was fixing the house all the time. He'd go to work, work yeah. at work and then come home and work on the house. And, um, you know, he would, but he would watch different things like rooms whenever he's working, you know? So like, he was like, Hey, come here. He told me to come here. I walked into this room and he had, he had this video of this acoustic moment, uh, at a Prince concert. He was a huge Prince fan back in the day. And, uh, Prince is sitting there with an acoustic, uh, Taylor acoustic guitar. I remember the guitar was purple and he's sitting there with the, with the crowd. And he's just playing his songs, you know, and and the crowd singing back to him, you know, and uh, and he just looks at that. He's like, Jeremy, don't you want to be able to do that one day, you know, like to be able to, you know, just have a guitar and just lead lead a group of people, and and it's actually really cool. On this last recording that I just did, my on my second record, um, I had a I had a man. I can get emotional <laughs> thinking about it. I had a part in the in the in the night of where it was just me and an acoustic thing. And, you know, I mean, it wasn't thousands of people, but, um, you know, there were probably about 600 people, six or 700 people there. And I started, you know, singing these songs that the Lord gave me on my previous record. And it was just so amazing to hear the people sing these songs that I was in my room by myself playing acoustic guitar and, you know, hearing them sing these songs and they're worshiping and they're you know singing have your way and they're singing better than good and they're singing power in the name and it was just like it was like that moment went back to that little kid in dallas nobody knew you know saw a video of israel and my uncle saying man one one day you're going to be able to do that you know and uh that's cool it's just a it's just you know my life changed bro because of music and because you know god had a had a plan for my life and he just put people in my life yeah. to, to steward that, that calling. So I'm just yeah. grateful, man. That's awesome, man. I love hearing your story. Um, let me, let me flip it with this a little bit. Okay. So you, you have this desire, you start pursuing this desire. You're singing at North cities a lot. You, you get accepted into IBC you start singing there. Yeah. Uh, even after that, you continue singing. You're married at this point. And did you ever think when you first started pursuing this after you're married, do you ever have the thought that if I have kids, it's going to take me away from what I'm doing? No, I never, I never, I never thought that it, the, the dream for me was always, having that as well, like all of those things, my uncle or my, mm. my, my pastor now, his name's Harold Hoffman. And, uh, you know, the dream for the longest time for me was, you know, I thought doing records was like never going to happen for me. Like, like, like doing, you know, doing a live recording where people all over the country are singing your song. Like I was like, that's never going to, that's yeah. never going to happen for me. Like, uh, so I was like, you know what, like, man, what would be really cool is if I could become a worship pastor at a church 
and you know be able to help people lead worship with my wife and get me married and we have kids and like that'd be the thing because i always wanted to just work at a church man i mean like you know spending so much time at north cities you know uh you know just i just wanted to be in the church i, I didn't care if i was cleaning toilets for a living i didn't care if i was you know i i looked at our ministry team as like bro like that's the coolest thing ever like they just get to worry about the kingdom of god and they get to you know uh, that was the thing I like the dream for me was to be able to have a family and work at the church, you know? And, mm. um, and by the time I was 22, I was married and, um, you know, I was a worship pastor at, at a church. And then I was a part of a church launch where I was a worship pastor at two churches and we were recording. And, you know, then my wife told me that she was pregnant and, you know, and by the time I was 25, I had a had my first son, you know, had our first kid and yeah. and we were worship like everything on my list had been checked off, you know, and I remember my pastor yeah. saying, you know, Draylon, you wanted to all you wanted to do is work at the church and be married and have have a family and all these things and he said, Well, you God made that happen before, you know, you were forty years old. You you're only twenty four, twenty five years old. And he said, God made you made the dream you know, for you. And he said, now it's yeah. time to dream a new dream. And, yeah. and, and he said, well, what do you, what do, he's like, what do you feel like the part is still a part of the dream? I said, I said, I'd love to do a live recording. I'd love to, you know, write these songs and get these songs out and hopefully see if people would want to sing them, you know? And he said, well, let's, let's do it. You know, and I, and I was about 26, I think 26 when, um, I recorded my first, full album um i'll be 30 in may so that was you know just a little under four years ago and we did our first record here recorded it here um so you know it was just always a part of it was everything was there you know like it's the family it's like we yeah. do this together you know um i That's never cool. really thought or, you know, thought that like, oh, they're going to hold me back or whatever. And it's so cool that, you know, that they don't now I will, I would be lying if I said it's not hard, you know, I mean, it, it's very difficult, you know, um, you know, it's very difficult to try to figure out, like, we're going to London next week. And the person that's asking us to come is like, hey, do we want you to come? I said, okay, well, you know, I can't be away from my family for 10 days, you know, to go to some, to chase some dream, you know, like, and like, and I, and I'm at the place where I'm like, bro, like that stuff is great. Like I, like, I love that stuff. I would love to do that. But it's like, dude, like, like I'm okay if I don't, you know what I mean? Like I'm okay if that doesn't happen, you know, yeah. like this is what I'm excited about. I'm excited about watching my son go beat the drums in, in our, at our church yeah. and my daughter jump up and down and praise and my son stand in front of a mic and have a guitar in his hand acting like he's dad, you know, like, you know, that yeah. stuff to me is way more important. And you don't only, you only get those things by bringing them with you. You know, you only get those experiences yeah. by them seeing, seeing what you're doing. It's just a part of what we do. My yeah. son takes drumsticks everywhere he goes. You know what I'm saying? Like everywhere we are, he has a pair of drumsticks, you know? And so I've been fortunate enough and that's why it matters who you marry, you know, um, to have a family that is all bought into the same thing 
to the to the to the to the vision that God has for us as a family, not just dad. You know, he's yeah. not gonna call. He's not gonna call. He's not gonna call a dad to come pastor a church. Like, no, it's the family. It's you, his wife, right. the kids. Like, you guys are all a part of this. This is your calling. You know. Um, I think it's notable wisdom on your part, though, that. The dream wasn't just what you exclusively wanted to do by yourself, but it had a little longevity attached to it, yeah. knowing that as life continues on, there's going to be a wife and there's going to be yeah. kids. But for you, like they were always a part of big picture. Yeah. And I think a lot of guys miss that because they, they see the career, they see the potential promotions, they see their entrepreneurial pursuits yeah. and they think, man, like, dude, like this is happening and anything else that gets in the way is is going to be a hindrance. But I think it's it's wise that for you, family was always a part of that because oftentimes people miss that and then they have to have that reality check of if I'm going to live this dream, if I'm going to have this success, who's it going to be for? Yeah. Like If I don't have a wife and a kid and kids to share it with, then what's the point? It doesn't do anything if, if I'm the only one who reaps the benefits of right. it. So I think, that, I think that's really cool. Can you talk about some of the ways that... Um, like you involve your kids in what you're doing since this is a big family dream for you. Yeah. Um, I know, I know you mentioned like your daughter, you know, jumping up and participating your son, trying to impersonate you on the guitar. He's probably already better, but <laughs> yes. can you talk about, can you talk about, you know, just some of the things that you do? And I know you mentioned earlier, like if, if they can't go with you, it's almost a make it or break it deal. Yeah. What are some things that you do to keep them involved? You know, I, we, we just, it's like it's like when you're all in on something like there's it, it's it's all it's everything's together you know what i'm saying like mom and dad are worship pastors at church like that's their job you know that's their that's their livelihood you know that's you know they write songs they do everything we do is for the kingdom of god bro you know what i mean so it's like yep you know the music like the music we play at the house like the stuff that we have like you know everything is inclusive. So like right now we have a pastoral meeting and like our kids are young. So like, we're not going to dump them off to some, you know, uh, you know, care, you know, like just, you know, children's care. Yeah. Like, no, like, you know, my mom, my, my wife is a stay at home mom and, and, you know, she, she takes care of the kids and, you know, we take them to their doctor's appointment. You know, when we travel, they come with us. Like we go to meetings at the church, they come with us. We go to prayer tonight, they come with us. We have practice on Thursday night, they come with us, you know, and, and then whenever we're traveling, like we, you know what I mean? So like, it's just a, it's just a point. I learned a long time ago, the best way for the best thing you can be to some, the best, the best thing you could possibly be to someone is an example, you know, and like, if there's anything, I want my kids to see what we're doing. And those are the stories that they're going to tell. They're going to remember being at the church wee hours of the night and, and, you know, locking up and, you know, and this is, and the funny thing is, is this is his favorite place. Like this is his favorite place ever. Cool. Like he loves Chipotle. He loves Wendy's, you know, he loves Chick-fil-A. He loves my, uh, he loves mom and dad's house. He loves Grammy and Poppy's house. And he loves the church, bro. He just wants to be here playing the drums and he wants to preach. He wants yeah. to hold the microphone and act like he's preaching and doing the video announcements. And when we're at home, you know, he gets on YouTube and watches our live stream 
you know, services and reenacts the prayers and reenacts the songs. Like, you know, it's just, it honestly, the best way, you know, to keep them a part of it is to just keep them a part of it. Let them be yeah. around it. I never yank them off the drums and say, no, you don't know what you're doing. Like you can't like, no, man, let them play the drums. Like let them, That's let good. them play the guitar. Let them, you know, grab the microphone. And we had go to a great church where we just, they believe in kids, you know, just yeah. doing a ton of stuff. So, um, you know, it's just a, it's a blessing, man, just to, so you are just that. living life and living the dream. That's it. As a family. It's just, that's it's really just what cool. we do. Let, let me ask you this. You talked about, you know, the best thing that you can be to someone is an example, including your kids and everything, letting them be a part of everything that you're doing to where, you know, they love the church as much as they do. What do you hope to accomplish in including them at the capacity that you do? I, I heard a TED talk with uh, Victor Wooten, which is like this one of the, if you know who like bass players are, he's like the godfather yeah. of bass, you know, and he's just <laughs> yes. amazing and incredible, not just an incredible musician, but an incredible teacher. You know, I've watched so many different, you know, talks that he's had and just how he talks about life. But one of the cool things I really love that he shared at a TED talk was that music is a language, you know, music is a language that you learn, you know, how to communicate, just like you learn your ABCs and your one, two, threes in English and, you know, you're learning all that stuff and you're learning, you know, all these different prefixes and you learn verbs and nouns and pronouns and adjectives and all this stuff. And then you learn how to put words together. And then before long, you're reading sentences and then you're reading books and then you're having conversations like we are now to where we're able to know which one of us is what we're saying and what we're talking about to be able to carry on a conversation. And it all started by you saying, bah, 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 you know, it all started by you just being around mom and dad talking and being around other people speaking. And by the time you're 25, hopefully, you know, you can have a decent conversation, you know, and right. music is the same thing. You know, if my son is playing bass or playing guitar, I'm not going to sit there and say, no, son, but play it like this, you know, and it's like, just let them be around it, you know. Let them come up to it. Let them don't try to instruct them at the beginning. Let them get so in love with just being around it that they're going to want to figure out, you know, how it works and what, how does it sound like this? How do you like, you know, just letting people be around. It's the same thing that happens, you know, when you're trying to disciple people, like, man, you just let people feel, let people be around peace and joy and love. And, and they're going to want to know how the thing works, you know? Uh, yeah. And it's the same thing I'm hoping with my kids is I'm just trying to keep them as close to the, the, the presence of God, the things of God, the calling, you know, yeah. and, and God will ultimately lead them where they're supposed to go, you know? Sounds like you're just being a disciple who's trying to raise other little disciples. 100%. 100%. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome. That's what we're supposed to be doing as Christian fathers. And so I commend you on that. Way to go, buddy. I'm proud Thank of you. you uh, I might say that a little bit more, but I'm going to ask you one more thing. I know you got to go and I got to get kiddos too, yes. but let me ask you one more thing. And then I'll, I'll have you share all your accolades, how people can find you <laughs> because you're, you know, yeah. big, big time now. But um, let me ask you this. So with all of your experience, right, growing up the way that you grew up, and a little bit of a different upbringing than I'm going to say the majority in 
how you've traveled and how you go about life, you know, with your essential three time, three full time jobs, wife, two kids. What's the best advice or the best piece of advice that you would give to other dads? To other dads, I would say um, somebody told me, uh, a good friend of mine told me, if you can, if you can just look inside your kid's eyes for 30 minutes every day, just 30 minutes, 30 minutes is a lifetime to them. You know, especially when they're in those forming ages of, you know, you know, infants up until about four or five. My son is four. He'll be five yep. this year. And and I we have a close relationship to where, you know, now he doesn't communicate the best right now, but I know exactly what he means whenever he says stuff, you know, right. and just yep. being able to. I, I That's one thing I wish I would have done is just 30 minutes of just roughhousing or you know, spending time playing basketball. One of the things he loves, he loves basketball, you know. We put a goal on the back of his door, and, like, every night he wants to shoot, and he wants to, you know, just have fun and play drums. And he want, now he's wanting me to play with him. Before it was just him playing. Like, now it's like, no, Dad, I want you to play the guitar while I play the drums, you know. Um, That's awesome. And, you know, just having that, you know. And sometimes I have to really train my mind to just, Okay, stop, stop doing what you do. This is way more important, you know. Um, you yeah. know, have those moments with with him, and then I'm developing that with my daughter. You know, she's super small, you know, but you know, trying to have that close knit relationship, you know, with her and with my son. And um, but I I would say that 30 minutes goes a long ways if you can do that every yeah. day, man. Just 30, 30, just 30 minutes. Look in their eyes, man. Play yeah. with them. Spend time. Talk to them. Um, and then uh, the other thing is, uh, you know, the Bible says we have to endeavor to keep the unity of the spirit. Um, and man, be at one with your wife. Be at one with your kids. Protect your family. If you don't protect them, you're leaving it up to mom to protect, you know, the family. And, and, and moms will, but. That's not their job, man. Their job is to nourish. And and something something can't be protected and nourished at the same time by one person, you know. Um, that's why dad is there to protect them with a home and protect them with, you know, finances to be able to have a home so that we can nourish the children and, and, and nourish this relationship at home. But um, be at one with your wife and your kids and make sure that relationship between you and your wife is so strong. Make sure that communication is so, so strong because than kids ever seeing your parents fight or, you know, uh, disagree and, and backbite one another and, and be at one with your pastor, you know, be in communication with your, have a pastor. You know, if you're going to be a father, you're the priest of your home. And the worst thing in the world is a priest that's not submitting. You know, the worst thing in the world is a man that's not, that doesn't have a leader, that doesn't have a passion, that doesn't have somebody that can look you in your face and say, no, you're wrong. You know, you need to fix that. You need to not do that. Um, and if you don't have those things, man, those things have saved my life. You know, those things have given me everything that I have. 
and taking away the things that I shouldn't. Um, and so um, if I could give any advice to, to any father, you know, have those three very vital relationships where you're with your kids and they're looking up to you, that that oneness with your wife, you know, um, you know, that 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 closeness. And then you have uh, uh, somebody that's above you that is that you're accountable to, that you can tell your faults to and that can help you be a better father and a better uh, husband. So that's sound advice, man. Thank you for sharing that. That's things we all need to work on, things that we all need to be mindful of as we go down this journey of fatherhood. Um, all right. I'm going to give you some time. Tell people how they can find you, man. Tell them about your albums, man, how they can support you, all that good stuff. You can, you can, I do most of the stuff on Instagram. You know, that's just, that's probably my biggest platform. It's just Instagram, Facebook, uh, um, YouTube, anything, any, anywhere music is sold, you just type in my name and, and I hope that it blesses you and, you know, um, you know, that's pretty much it, man. There's not much to it. So right, check it out. You, what you're Draylon Young Music on social? Yes. Is that it? Yes. Draylon Young Music on social, Draylon Young, uh just what, iTunes they can find yeah, anything. You, you got two live recordings and then you're featured on way too many other songs. Yeah. So <laughs> Yeah. Don't tell them that, you know. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they keep they keep having me back. Yeah. yeah. Well good, man. Good. All right. Well, I'm proud of you, buddy. And I appreciate you. you taking the time to to share your story. Uh, you shared more than I thought you would. And I appreciate that. I think I think so much of what you went through, uh, it, it helps. I mean, granted, I didn't live the same life that you lived, but learning about your perspective and learning, see, seeing your commitment through the stuff that you endured, like that's that's motivational, that's inspirational. And uh, I think it's going to help a whole lot of dads. So thanks, buddy, for being with Thank me. You. I appreciate it a Thank lot. Thank you for having me, bro. I appreciate what you're doing as well, man. Thank you so much for this. Well, there you have it. What an incredible story about an incredible friend of mine, Draylon Young. I'm so happy that he joined me today to share his testimony and his upbringing and the journey that God has taken him through. He shared a lot of good points. But the main thing that I want you to take away is his perspective on the dream. It's so easy for so many of us to have our passions and our dreams and our ambitions and to want to pursue those things, but we do a very unwise thing with our dreams sometimes, and that is not including the people who matter the most to us in our life. Make sure that you take this from Draylon. Make sure that you reform your dream and your ambition to include the people who matter the most to you. Make sure your wife, your kids, and your family are a part of your dream, and it will make the dream that much better. Thank you so much for being with me. This is Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, and I hope you'll join me next time.